seats. We're going to get started. If you're out in the hall, you're saying, wait a minute, that's not Pastor Jason's voice. Something ain't right here. Uh, I was going to adjust, but I'm thinking, nah, I shouldn't. I don't know. I like it up here. I've got renewed uh, prescription on my glasses. I still need to go, you know. <laughs> Terrible. Getting old is not uh, for the weak hearted, you know what I mean? Amen. Amen. All right, well, uh, good morning, Passion Community Church. Uh, it's a privilege and an honor to be in this pulpit this morning and uh, preparing to preach this word. I got good news. Good news, I got a, one of them Fitbit things, like it's a cheap version of a Fitbit, but it's still a Fitbit kind of thing, and I, you know, it measures your, I can tell you the time, uh, measures your steps, and get to work here, heart rate, all that, so, you know, tells you how, you know, how long you slept last night, was it a deep sleep, was it not deep sleep, uh, I'm learning a lot of things about myself, you know, through this Fitbit, um, but it also has a feature on it that will alert you, uh, like when you get texts, when you get a call, uh, or notifications you want to send to yourself, um, and it has a stun feature, so, yeah, yeah, it's got a stun feature, so like, I've programmed it, so if I go over 40 minutes, it will stun me, if I go over 40 minutes in this sermon, it'll stun me, and let me know it's time to clam it up, right? Uh, one of my friends at work, uh, uh, told me a long time ago, he said he's a, he's a long-time Christian, great man of God, and he said, one thing you got to remember when you're preaching, he said, the mind cannot receive what the seat cannot endure. <laughs> so, I'm going to try to do my best to be brief. I, I, I ain't making no promises, but if you see me go, you know, like this, like for a few minutes, if it doesn't stop, please come and take this thing off me. <laughs> I'm, ki- <laughs> I'm kidding, it doesn't have a stun feature. I wish it did. It'd be kind of nice. It'd be kind of cool. All right, so uh, we're, we're, we're on the subject of the kingdom of God. Uh, Pastor Jason's done an amazing job so far uh, in the series uh, talking about the kingdom of God. And, and it's such a great subject. It's expansive subject. And Christ, uh, our Lord, our Savior, talked a lot about it. Because it was a very, very important thing. Matter of fact, it was the most important thing. And the title to today's sermon is called Seek First the Kingdom of God. Jesus, I'm going to set the stage for you here. Uh, Jesus was with his disciples and others on the Mount of Olives. Uh, uh, we uh, know this sermon series or this teaching as a Sermon on the Mount. starts in Matthew chapter 5. It goes through several chapters beyond that. Um, and in, in, in the midst of that, you have him teaching on the Beatitudes. In that, you have the, 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 what's called the Lord's Prayer. I call it the Disciples' Prayer because he's like, Lord, teach us how to pray. He said, pray after this. Pray like this, in this manner, in this way. He gave them a structure called the Disciples' Prayer. I like to call it Disciples' Prayer. Um, but then it gets to a point where he starts, the, the disciples start talking about all these things that, well, we need food, we need clothes, we didn't carry no water with us, we don't have this, we don't have that. 
And Jesus' response to their whining and complaining or whatever their anxiety was is this very verse that we're going to read here this morning, chapter Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. If you'll turn with me in your Bibles, pray to God that you brought a Bible. Uh, I know some of you have your Bibles on your phones, and that's all good. If you'll get that out and read this with me. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33. The words of Christ are these. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Let's pray. Father, we are grateful and thankful for your holy word. In it, Lord, you provide our direction, our instruction. Lord, you show us who you are, and you show us who we are. God, I pray that, Lord, your word would penetrate our hearts this morning. Help us, Lord, to walk in the truth that you have provided. God, that we might grow in it, that we might grow closer to you. God, that we might be used by you. Lord, that we might seek your kingdom first. And God, that we might be prepared for all that you have in store for us. We pray and ask it in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. All right. So the kingdom of God, and, and, and Pastor Jason's done a great job of explaining, but what I've come to understand is, as many times as you can explain it, you still need to explain it some more. Amen. Amen. But the kingdom of God is literally God's reign through God's people over God's place. God's reign through God's people over God's place. I'm just glad to be uh, one of those people. I'm one of his people. You're one of his people. And, And the sovereign kingdom of God in us is the kingdom of God through us. And I'm going to elaborate more on that as we go. But in the grand scheme of our lives, our relationship with God and His kingdom needs to come first. Jesus put this out there for all to see, for all to hear, for all to read through all times. Why? Because no matter if it's back in the first century AD or it's here today in 2023, the same thing goes for them as it goes for us. The most important thing for us in our lives is to seek the king of all kings and to work in his kingdom. We have a choice. Uh, The choice is this. Do you willingly receive the lordship or the kingship of Almighty God? Now that's important in in where we're going and what we're doing and who we are as a person and and how our character is going to develop. Because if our our citizenship is in heaven, if our kingdom is, is with him, then it makes all the difference in the world as to what we do every day. God's choice is that we follow him. God's choice is that we make him king of our lives. God's choice is that because why? It's the very best thing for us as people. If God is our ruler and we are his people, then everything will be provided. Jesus is telling his disciples, hey, listen, 
Stop worrying about the, the next fashion statement coming out. Stop worrying about, am I going to be able to afford groceries at the grocery store? Am I going to be able to, uh, to, to, to manage uh, uh, meals? Am I going to be able to obtain the things that I need, the, the shelter, the clothing, and all these? Stop worrying about those things. Don't let them things be ang- uh, make you anxious. But put God first, and He will provide every avenue for you to obtain what you need. Now, if we need a hole digging in the earth, it's not, uh, we, we can't just say, hey, uh, I just, Lord, I need this hole in my backyard. I need it, and I need it now. And boom, it's there. No. God's going to give you a shovel. God's going to make a way for you to get a shovel, and God's going to make a way for you to, to be able to dig that hole yourself. Understand what I'm saying. It's not, God is not a magic genie that you rub the bottle and, and he get, grants you three wishes. Well, I, I, Lord, I wish there was a hole in my backyard for whatever reason. Um, but God is going to provide a way for you to obtain everything that you have need of if you put him first. Put him first. But a lot of times we choose our way first. How many has ever gotten, don't raise your hand, I'm going to ask a question, don't raise your hand, I'm going to raise mine. How many has ever done it your way, through your ideas and your craziness, and ended up in a disaster? Bing, 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 bing. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It was me. I did all those things. I did it my way because I was the one that was on the throne of my life. There's a throne out there. And if we're sitting in it, we're going to make a disaster out of it. Why? Because we are sinful-natured people. My greedy desires are going to be fulfilled by me. Why? Because I'm the king. I'm the king of me. I'm the king of this house. I'm the king of this realm. And I can mess it all up by myself. Or, God's choice, he can be the king. He can make the decisions for you. Now listen, I'm not saying that you go brainless. But I'm saying that as we rely on him, as we have relationship with the king of all kings, the sovereign God of all the universe, he makes a whole lot better sense for what I need to do, when I need to do it, how I need to do it, than I could ever possibly imagine. He says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. There are so much difference. There's such a big gap in the way he thinks and the way we think that I can't possibly come close to what he has for me or for those around me. So I'm going to choose God's choice and not my choice. I'm going to take you to a place right now in the scriptures where it's the people choice versus God's choice. Turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 8. We're going to read verse 1 through 22. I thought it was the greatest story to illustrate this, uh, this idea of Who do you choose to be your king? When you get there, say amen. 1 Samuel chapter 8, Old Testament. It's about a third of the way into the Bible. Maybe not quite a third. 1 Samuel chapter 8. We're going to read verse 1 through 22. It says this, Now when it came to pass, when Samuel was old. Now Samuel was a judge in those days. Got to use Samuel to judge uh, the whole the nation of Israel. 
He made his sons judges over Israel. The name of his firstborn was Joel, and the name of his second, Abijah. They were judges in Beersheba. But his sons did not walk in his ways. They turned aside after dishonest gain, took bribes, and perverted justice. Now let me stop for just a second. Okay, Samuel, as opposed to his boys, was righteous before God, upstanding man just before God. He was righteous in all of his, because he had a relationship with God. God was his king. God was his everything. And he sought God first and his character first before anything else. That's why God appointed Samuel to be a judge. But his children did not. Now, for those of you to bring your kids to church, please keep bringing your kids to church. There's no, there's, uh, you have zero chance of your kids following in your footsteps as a believer in Christ, as a, as a member of the kingdom of, of God, if you don't bring them. Zero. But if you're bringing them, you have a fighting chance. The Lord says in his word, he said, uh, teach, uh, raise them up in the way of the Lord, and as they grow older, they will not depart from them. You can count on that verse. But something happened between Samuel and his boys. They rebelled against their father. They rebelled against God. And they turned this thing into a, into a bribery scheme. They turned it into a money laundering scheme. They turned it into a perversion of justice. And so what, they, what Samuel had established, his boys destroyed. Sin took over in their lives and destroyed what Samuel built. But Samuel was old. They needed somebody in the place of Samuel that would judge the nation of Israel. Then all the elder, elder, elders of Israel gathered together and came to Samuel at Ramah and said to him, Look, you're old and your sons do not walk in your ways. Now make us a king to judge us like all the other nations of the world. Also, now we want to be like the rest of the world having a king. Now, if you know the history of Israel, you know that God led them out of Egypt, established them as a nation unto himself. He spent time with them, had a relationship with them, gave them a land flowing with milk and honey, gave them everything they ever possibly needed, and, and, and he was ruling and reigning over them until they decided, we need a king like all the other nations do. Biggest mistake of their life. But this thing displeased Samuel. When they said, give us a king to judge us. So Samuel prayed to the Lord. He did what he was, what kingdom-minded people do. He prayed. I'll pray on this. I'll seek God in his direction for this. And the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people in all that they say to you, for they have not rejected you, but they have rejected me. See, they have not rejected Samuel, nor his word, but they rejected God from being the king, that I should reign over them. Verse 8. According to all the works which they have done since the day I brought them out of Egypt, even to this day, with which they have forsaken me and served other gods, so they are doing to you also. Now, therefore, heed their voice. However, you shall solemnly forewarn them and show them the behavior of the king who will reign over them. He's preparing Samuel and preparing the people to get what they asked for. The people's choice versus God's choice. So Samuel took all the words of the Lord to the people 
who asked him for a king. And he said, this will be the behavior of the king who will reign over you. Are you ready for this? He will take your sons and appoint them for his own chariots and to be his horsemen. And some will run before his chariots. He will appoint captains over his thousands, captain over his fifties, will set some to plow his ground and to reap his harvest, some to make his weapons of war and equipment for his chariots. He will take your daughters to be perfumers, cooks, and bakers. He will take the best of your fields, your vineyards, and your olive groves and give them to his servants. He will take a tenth of all your grain and your, and your vintage and give it to his, his officers and servants. He will take your male servants, your female servants, your finest men, and your donkeys and put them to his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep. You will be his servants. And you will cry out in the day because of your king, whom you have chosen for yourselves, and the Lord will not hear you in that day. Nevertheless, the people refused to obey the voice of Samuel and said, No, but we will have a king over us. We want to choose the king that we want. It's not up to you, Samuel. It's not up to your God. Mm. That's dangerous territory. No, but we will have us a king that we also may be like all the nations and that our king may judge us and go out before us and fight our battles. And Samuel heard all the words of the people and he repeated them in the hearing of the Lord. And so the Lord said to Samuel, heed their voice and make them a king. And Samuel said to the men of Israel, every man go to his city. I'm quite sure that when Samuel heard these things that the Lord was saying, that and when Samuel heard the voice of the people saying, we don't care, we still want this king, I'm quite sure that his heart dropped and I'm sure that his, his sadness overwhelmed him why because he knew that the king of all kings the one who judges righteously the one who has impeccable character the one who loves immensely the one who is full of grace full of mercy has everything at his disposal will no longer be the king of Israel Understand what just happened here. Understand what, what, what transpired here. They went from having everything they could possibly want, and then some, and the fellowship with the king of all kings, uh, the eternal king, the righteous king, and they're developing themselves to be like everybody else in the world. That's a problem. That's a problem. He said, it says right here, he's going to take everything that you have and he's going to use it for himself. He's going, to, he's going to be corrupt because why? Men are corrupt. And women too. Mankind. I'm talking about mankind, folks. Men and women, we're all corrupt. We have a sin nature. What does that sin nature do? It dictates to us what we do and say every day. And, how, and we have to understand that we are at a battle every day for to overcome our sin nature through the nature of Christ that lives in us. But if you don't have Christ as king, you are you have an impossible task ahead of you. There's no way you can overcome your sin nature. But what they're asking was, we don't want the one that's perfect, a benevolent God, 
We want someone who's going to be just like the rest of us. A dirt bag. <laughs> I said that to my class last week. Was it week? Last week, a week before that, you know, God made Adam out of the dust of the earth. I said, that makes us dirt bags. <laughs> we're all dirt bags. And women don't get out of that either because you were made from the man and, and what man was, you are. So we're all dirt bags. But understand, when Jesus is sharing this with his disciples, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and everything else will be added to you. I'm quite sure in his mind, he's going back to this story because he read this Bible just like you and I read it. He knew what happened in Israel's origins just like we can because he read it through the scriptures. Not only did he read it through the scripture, he knew it from the beginning because he's eternal. He came from heaven. He went back to heaven. We get all that. But he was 100% man, 100% God, God in the flesh. He had to read it for himself too. And I'm quite sure he had this in mind. What, what, what he saw happen in the origins of Israel through, through God uh, delivering them from the hands of Pharaoh, leading them through the wilderness, bringing them into a land flowing with milk and honey, gave them a, a, a piece of property to call their own and for them to call him God. And he said, and he seen what they did and destroyed all of that through one action. And that is we want to be selfish, self-centered. We want our own king and we want our own way. And we do that every day of our lives when we don't make Christ the king. Who's on the throne of your life? Who's on the throne of your heart? Is he a benevolent God who loves you more than you can possibly even love yourself? The love of God is, is, is explicitly shown through the entirety of this, of this whole book. That's a lot of pages, a lot of love that God shares with, uh, shows th- throughout all the history of mankind for those who he created. And not only that, there's a special kind of something upon those who have been redeemed through his son, Jesus Christ. His love is so great, weak, our, our tiny human minds can't possibly fathom the depths of it. And his benevolent actions. He is a provider of good things. He said, Jesus said, uh, uh, evil men know how to give their children good gifts. How much more does God give good gifts to those who know him and love him? There's so much difference between a benevolent God and a malevolent king. There's a difference between benevolence and malevolence. And the, uh, uh, I love these big words. I don't know. Call me, a, call me a word geek. I don't care. It's okay. Benevolence means that you care. It's all about loving and caring. And all of your actions are centered around love and caring for the other person. Malevolent action is the absolute opposite. It's the ill intention and the ill will towards everybody else. So this king is going to come in and pilfer all of your stuff. He's going to take all your stuff. He's going to use all your people. He's going to take your sons into battle because that's what they do. They're evil. They want to go. They, they resort to violence first. They take all of your livestock. They take everything you got and you're left with this bag of nothing. But on the other hand, a benevolent king provides everything as you operate and seek him first. Seek him first. So the question is, who is your king? What is his character? 
Uh, the second part of that verse is that, that Jesus said, uh, Matthew 6, 33, is seek his kingdom first and his righteousness. His righteousness. Benevolent kings are righteous. Their motives are righteous because they're centered out of love. Malevolent kings are evil and they're self-centered and everything that they do is centered around what they can get and, and, and the, you know, the exaltation that they can get. It's about them. What is, who is your king and what is his character? I don't know about you, but I don't want to serve a king that's evil, wicked, and all that he wants to do is take all my stuff. Huh? He takes the life out of people. My God gives up. Jesus said, I come to give you life and that more abundantly. He's the king of all kings. He's the one that knows everything from the beginning and everything in between. How do I not look to him to be my king? But we do it all the time. And just because you made the decision to receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior doesn't mean that you've made him your king. Because salvation is merely the gateway to the kingdom. We take salvation and we say, Lord, thank you so much. I've been forgiven of my sins. I have a place in heaven forever with you. And I'm cool with that. And I'm going to sit on that. I'll be all right. And way too many of us do that. And this is why this sermon series is so important. Because we've got to go to the second level of this house. If we're stuck in the bottom floor of this house with, with just salvation, we'll never know what the second story looks like or the third. Maybe, there's a, maybe the second story of this house is everything you ever dreamed of. But you'll never know because we're not seeking first his kingdom. We're seeking our kingdom. I'm happy with my salvation. I'm happy that my family's saved. We're on our way to heaven. We're good. Be cool. No. Jesus says, go beyond that. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. Now we get salvation. It doesn't mean automatically mean that you're a mature Christian. It doesn't mean that you don't habitually lie every day anymore. It doesn't mean that, that you don't occasionally steal from your company or, or steal from other people. It doesn't mean that you treat don't treat people. No, listen. Oh, thanks. God's like trying to get a hold of us. <laughs> He's trying to tell us something. Stealing part, God. The, uh, stop the thieving. Stop the lying. Stop the violence. Stop the hating. We read this morning that God destroyed the world in Genesis chapter 6. After he made it in Genesis chapter 1, he destroyed it in Genesis chapter 6 because the world was filled with violence. And the attention of the heart of the people were only evil continuously. He destroyed it because of that. And if we come to this thing called Christ, this person called Christ, and we come to the salvation through him, and we think that, well, everything's all good, and I'm good to go, I have the stamp of approval on my rear, and I'm ready to roll. And we don't work on our character, we have missed the boat. He said, seek the king and his righteousness. Now the people will draw the character traits from their king. The people of Israel, after, the, after they made Saul the king, 
That was the people's choice. Made Saul the king. They ended up becoming like Saul. Their character was like Saul. And Saul had an evil, evil, wicked heart to the core. Now, he did some good things. Don't get me wrong. But in the end, he was wicked and evil to the core. And what happened to Israel? Israel started to fall apart. Thank God a, a, a man after God's own heart came along. His name was David. But, but getting outside of that, we become, in character-wise, like our king, whoever is king in our life. And the same thing happens in churches with leaders. Uh, you know, we become like our pastor somewhat in our, in, our, in, our, in our mannerisms, in our ways, in our character. Thank God Pastor Jason has very high character. And I don't mind uh, 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 making my life look like his. I want to have his character. And so should you. We become, our character becomes like our king. And so what we have to understand, we become like the king we serve. And if our king is eternal, and if our king is the king of kings, the creator and sustainer of all the world, if our king is the one who loves us more than anything, if our, if our king is the one who has impeccable character because he's holy, he's righteous, he's just, he's all of these things, then we are going to become righteous, holy, just, and fair, and true. Our character is going to change. And so what Jesus was trying to explain to his uh, disciples is, hey, not only does your choice in kings have to change, but your choice in, his, in the character has to change. You have to grow to become like him. The chief end of man is to become like Christ. If you are a believer, that's our goal is to become Christ like in our character. And that will dictate every other aspect of our life. And so that character carries over into our work ethic. That character carries over into how we do things every day of our lives. Whether we are truthful and honest, whether we are trustworthy, whether we can uh, uh, be trusted to do a job the way it's supposed to be done, if we're, if we're going to be trusted to, to handle people's money, whatever it is you do in your life, are you trustworthy? Do you have the character that God's trying to build in us? And it can only happen through the Holy Spirit who he gave us. That's another aspect that I'm not going to trample on that because I know he's going to talk about that later in the series. But we have somebody that not only displays that character, but also imparts that character. And that's also another part. Pastor Jason's going to hit on that. But we need to seek his kingdom first and his character first. But we have to do it in a diligent kind of way. It's not going to happen willy-nilly. Now, I have this issue. Okay. And, and some of you, don't raise your hand. You probably have the same issue. After dinner, about 8, 8.30, 9 o'clock, I just want something to eat. Uh, just, I just want a snack. I'll be watching some TV or something, watching the news, and I'm like, man, I need something to snack on, and I don't know what. Anybody ever? And you don't know what you want. Now, my wife's got this little pantry over in the, in the dining room, okay? 
And it's got, uh, she runs an in-home daycare too, so it's not only filled with my kind of snacks, but it's got baby snacks in it too, like them little meltaways, and they got all kinds of, you know, the, the goldfish and blah, 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 blah. So there's really no telling what's in the pantry at any given time, but I get that urge and I'm like, I gotta have something, man. I gotta have it. So it could, there could be chocolate in there. There could be chips in there. There could be uh, pretzels in there. There could be nuts in there. There could be all kinds of stuff, whatever it is in there. And, and, you, and, and you get there and you open up the pantry, like, I, I don't know what I want. So you start digging. And listen, it's cram jam full of stuff. Okay? So you have to go through several layers sometimes to really, oh, there it is right there, you know. The, 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 um, I love those little, um, Chocolate and peanuts and caramel, what are those called? Uh, what is it? Trail mix? No. Turtles. turtles. Oh. So she got these sugar-free turtles in there. And, and, and you got to, listen, you got to search for these things because they don't pop out at you. You got to go dig it. I call it, I, listen, I call it diligently seeking. Okay? That's what I call it. And, and when I find it, oh, the joy, the joy. I can go sit back in my recliner, put my feet back up, and snack on about three or four of them things, right? Okay. Or chips or whatever it is, you know. <laughs> Jeremiah 29, verse 12 through 14, kind of sheds, sheds a little bit of light on this. He says, Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with your whole heart. With all your heart. I'm sorry. I'm, I went King James on you for a second. I went Because that's how I remember this verse. Memorize this stuff in the, in the kingdom. But you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. He's talking about diligently seeking. I have to seek after them things, man, because I want them so bad. And the reward is when you find them all, the great joy that comes upon you and bursts out and, and, and praise the glory to God. Hallelujah. I found the turtles. I can now snack and be satisfied. Jesus is saying, seek God like you're looking for turtles in the back of the pantry. <laughs> Get it done, and let it, because you are not, not going to sit down until you find them things. Jesus is saying, "I want you to have the same kind of attitude as you're searching for something that you desperately want when you desperately need it." He says, "Seek the kingdom of God first, and the turtles will be added to you later." <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He said, he tells Jeremiah. This is a word that Jeremiah, he gave Jeremiah for the nation of Israel. Hey, if you'll seek me, if you'll pray to me with all of your heart, search for me, you will find me. And not only will you find me, you'll, have, you'll find everything that comes with me. Because God owns it all. He is the author of life. He is the author of this entire creation. And what, it boggles my mind to think about how we will settle for a king that did nothing rather than the king that did everything. It boggles my mind. 
If we put any kind of effort into this kind of king as we do in the presidential elections, oh Lord, what a, what a, what a world we would live in. Jesus said this is your first thing that you do every day, all day. You seek God, his kingdom, his character, and then everything else will fall into place in your life. You won't have to worry about things. This is why people suffer from anxiety so bad. This is why people suffer from depression so bad. Now listen, I know there's medical issues. Don't get me wrong. But outside of that, we struggle with, uh, listen, person that's perfectly clinically fine can struggle with anxiety and depression because they've made themselves king and not the king of kings. Or they made somebody else king. I want this person to rule over my life because he's better than me or whatever. Make God the king. It's a voluntary thing for us. We talked about it this morning. Noah made him his king. God said, build me an ark. Find all the gopher wood you can find. Build this ark. And you and your family are going to get on this ark and you will be saved. And the Bible tells us that he did everything that God commanded him to do. Why? Because he understood who the king was. He had a relationship with the king. And what ended up happening? He saved his family and all the rest of us because we would not be here. Somebody, amen. Amen. We would not be here if it wasn't for the righteous actions of Noah. We would have died out with all the rest of them. But God found one person that would say, you're my king today, forever and always. I will seek your kingdom first. I will seek to be uh, like you in righteousness. Now listen, it's impossible for us to be perfect in it. No one is. But it is is possible for us to go and become progressively better every day. In the character of God. It's possible. Understand, in God's kingdom, there is an abundance of everything. But these three, this, uh, these six things I want you to key in on, and I've said them before and I'll say it again. In his kingdom, there is number one, his presence. I don't want to go one day in this life, in this world without his presence in my life. I don't want to go one moment of one day because I know the moment I do, I'm going to fall apart. And so would you. His presence. The second thing is his peace. My Fitbit's going off. His peace. His peace. Oh, what we would not give for just a little bit of peace. Money can't buy it, but God can give it. Number three, his power. (coughs) All the power in heaven and earth are wrapped up in him. There's no greater place if you need power for whatever it is you need it than to go to him, his power. His provisions, all the things we have need of, the food, shelter, clothing, everything that we can possibly need, all are in his hands, provisions. His protection. Because you are his, he is yours, and he's going to protect his own. And the last but not least, his purpose. God's purposes in this world are far greater than our minds could ever possibly imagine. And this is why Jesus told him, seek first God's kingdom. Because God's kingdom purposes that 
come through your life are going to have an, an impact that are going to be eternal. Understand, everything that we transact in God's kingdom is eternal. Lasts forever. I don't know about you, I want to be in that forever with Him. I do. And it starts today. It starts the moment you say yes to Christ. It starts the moment you say, I receive Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I repent, turn from my sins and turn to Him. And I'm following Him all the rest of the days of my life. It starts then. God's kingdom of heaven is become the kingdom here on earth in you and through you and around you. His purpose. Everything done in God's kingdom has eternal value. So you can live for a purpose greater than yourself. That's enough for me to get up in the morning and do what I got to do. That's enough for Pastor Jason to get up in the morning and do what he does. Jesus' words to his disciples is to not worry about what you have need of first and become self-centered, but rather seek God's righteous kingdom and center yourself in that and that everything else will fall into place in your life. If the praise team can come. Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you that you have made it an option for us to take you on as our king. Lord, it's the greatest decision we ever make. But Lord, we know, we understand, we got to make it moment by moment, day by day. We submit to your Lordship because this is your kingdom. And through Christ, we can do all things. And I pray, Lord, today that, Lord, that we would get a, a grasp on what it means to be a kingdom citizen and what it means to be a, an ambassador for Christ in his kingdom. Lord, plant it in our hearts. Help us to know it. Help us to grow in it. Help us to honor you in all things. And Lord, we've, we've all done it. We've all made ourselves the king, the self-centered uh, uh, king of our own worlds. But Lord, we know that's limited and small. But Lord, we make you king. We say you are king. We seek your kingdom in your righteousness. Help us, Lord, to become like Christ as we follow him. In Jesus' name. If there's anyone here this morning, if you've not received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you've not entered the kingdom, let today be that day. Let right now be that moment. God's drawing you to himself that you might know him and have everlasting life with Him. And life more abundant that starts right now. If anyone here this morning wants to receive Christ, I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you. I just want you to acknowledge that you want to receive Christ by slipping up your hand. Just raise your hand. I want to receive Christ. I I want Jesus to be Lord of my life. And I want to follow Him. Is there anyone today? Is there anyone today? And if you don't say that prayer this morning in this place, I pray that you would do it today, somewhere, 
It doesn't have to be in the church. It can be anywhere. It can be in your bedroom. As you kneel down to pray this, this evening, ask Christ to come into your life. Receive the gift of everlasting life through Christ. And I guarantee He will hear your voice. Tanya wants to pray with you. Pastor Jason wants to pray with you. If you have a need, whatever it is, please come and pray. Uh, I want to lift up uh, Chad. Chad Reaver, if you're watching this morning, I want to pray for you. He has a broken leg. Uh, we'll lift him up in prayer. If there's anything that you have need of right now, our God's listening. I want to come and pray. This altar's open. 
Father, we lift up Chad Reber, Lord, right now, Lord, as he's uh, watching online. I pray, Lord, that you would just continue to touch him, heal his body. Lord, bring uh, healing to his ankle, to his knee, to his leg. I pray that, Lord, you would remove the pain. Help him, Lord, to, to uh, recover from this in a speedy manner, Lord. That's right. And God, I just pray that your hand would be upon him, Lord, just to bless him right now where he's at. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Anybody else? Please come and pray if you want. you we love you god bless you as our prayer you can be dismissed shake a hand hug a neck and be back next time same time same bad station same time